Amen. So as today we are focusing on the nations and the neighborhoods and seeing God at work there, let's uh, look here to John and Aaron as they share a little bit more with us about that. We want to update you with what we are currently doing to reach Orange County and the world during this time. So John, what are we currently doing in our neighborhoods? Okay, that's a great question. So I have had the just the privilege of being able to coordinate this task force that has grown into over 50 people. And these people are willing to do light shopping. They're willing to do heavy shopping in some instances. They're willing to run some errands, even just give you a call and pray with you. And over this last just few weeks, we have responded to many needs that have come through either our website or just word of mouth, even neighbors. And so I just wanted to share I was uh, receiving a need, and then I just sent it out to that task force, and this guy, Jim, answered right away, and he said, oh, this is amazing. This is God's timing. I had just finished doing the tasks that I needed to do working from home, and your message came in, and so he just wrote back to me right away and said, hey, I can do this. I can run to Costco and make this happen, so he goes to Costco, braves the crowd and the lines, and just does this massive shopping trip for this family because they're under these strict quarantine guidelines from some pre-existing uh, medical conditions, and so they couldn't leave the house. So he did this almost like one month worth of shopping. <laughs> he went over to their house, dropped box after box off, and couldn't like ring the doorbell or, or knock on the door. So he sent him a text, hey, your stuff is here, and then he split. So those guys, they open the door, they see just amazing shopping trip that's happened to them and we got a text just almost right away and the text was you know we were afraid to go outside but we know that God sees me that was the text that the spirit of the Lord is moving and working through Calvary Church and so I'm I'm so excited to be a part of that I hope that's an encouragement to you guys if you have a need or if you want to join that task force please go to calvarylife.org help and you can uh, join the team. So Aaron, what's been happening globally? A lot has been happening globally, obviously. Uh, the whole world's been impacted by this coronavirus, and that makes us think about our missionaries who are currently serving in so many countries all across the globe, and in this time, how we could be mindful of them and praying for them. And uh, we have the opportunity today to check out um, a few of our missionaries who have some updates for us about how they've personally been impacted and how their ministries have been impacted. So as we enter into this time, um, hearing from them, may we, may we be praying for them and bringing them to the Lord in this time as well. Hi, we're Wendy and Dave Nellis, your missionaries to Oaxaca, Mexico, and the Chitino people, serving in church planting and Bible translation. During this global crisis, when many are quarantined in their homes, God literally brought ministry to our doorstep. A month ago, a Chitino brother came in for surgery, emergency surgery, and he had no place to land afterwards. So here we are hunkering down together in our home. God's faithfulness and timing is perfect. As far as COVID-19 in Mexico, as we enter phase two, we're so thankful for a minimal outbreak. In Oaxaca here, we're taking the recommended precautions. And as a church, we're meeting together in small cell groups around the city looking for opportunities to invite people to hear the gospel, but also to encourage our brethren who have lost their jobs during this time. Thank you so much for your support, for your prayers, as we partner together in the great commission of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
He who calls us is faithful, and he will do it. Hi, I'm Shell Aronson. Kim and I work in Kenya, and the coronavirus has reached our country as well, and our government has closed schools, has told us not to meet as, uh, as churches, and we don't have all the cool gadgets to have online services. So just last weekend, we had to close, uh, give up showing the Jesus film. We had to miss a church service where we were invited out to the village, and this whole week, we're supposed to have our durable men in for a seminar, a transformational seminar. So anyway, we are laying low a little bit at this time. All flights in and out of Kenya have been, uh, have been blocked, banned, and that's given us a bit of a hard time as well because our daughter, Melindy, back in North Carolina is having some health issues over the last week, um, some things that are quite serious, and there's no way we can get in and out of the country. But our God is a big God. We've been praying for her. We're seeing some improvement in her health. And as we're staying here on our compound, keeping as low a profile as we can, we're also working with some of our new missionaries, helping them with some of their language learning and some other things. So uh, in a sense, we're sort of taking a deep breath and we're just praying for God's grace to our country and to the U.S. as well. So that's what we're doing during our coronavirus scare. Thanks. Hey, beloved family. Greetings from the Santiago de Compostela ghost town. God's brought this jungle boy rather a long way from his Amazonian roots. Plunked us down on this 800-year-old street, which incidentally is called New Street. Given us this great ministry space in the heart of the old town. And in the process has opened many hearts to us in these first three years. Miraculously, actually, in a society that's known for being reserved and resistant to the gospel. Those are your prayers at work. Even in quarantine, uh, the advantage of the old city is that we have neighbors just meters away on their balconies across the street. We continue to develop those relationships. Being stuck at home isn't difficult for us. Uh, we work from home all the time, as evidenced by my awesome office uniform. And uh, since our ministry is relational, that continues as well through social media with friends and contacts and disciples, not just here, but around the world. Pray with us that God will use this time of fear and uncertainty to make people's hearts more sensitive and more open, and that we'll have more of an opportunity to lead them to the feet of the Prince of Peace. Thanks for standing with us. We love you guys. <laughs> it's so great. We want to continue to be praying for all of our missionaries and uh, even great to hear the spirits of uh, Tim Stuke there, even though in Spain is one of the hardest hit countries in the world right now with the coronavirus. So let's be praying for them. Let's also have this sort of mindset of thinking of ourselves as missionaries. We are all missionaries. So even as we talk about the nations and the neighborhoods today, that you are called to be a missionary. I think even something small you could do right now is as you are watching this, you can hit the like button. You can hit the share button. You can comment. These are just ways for you to be able to share the gospel and for that message to be made known. You can do that even right now. Um, and so I wanted to even remind us in this moment of our vision as a church in this season of each one reach one, that we have this heart to be able to reach every single one of us to be able to reach one person with the gospel, with the good news of Jesus Christ by Easter of 2020. And so Easter of 2020 is 
two weeks from today. And so you have a chance and it's, it's all new. It's a whole new way of reaching out in this time, but reach out to people with our Easter services. And so we have a, a website where at calvarylife.org Easter, you can find some uh, invitations that you can download, things that you can share online, ways that you can really get this message out to your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, to be able to serve people in this way. And we want to be praying. We want to pray. Uh, we do this whole thing called the 1002 prayer. It's, it's almost 1002 right now when we'll pray here in just a, a moment. But we want to have this heart to be praying that God would send us, as Luke 10.2 says, that God, would you send us as workers into the harvest to be able to go out and to share this good news. We pray that for our missionaries around the world as well. And, and part of how we have prayed that is something called the chow prayer. So chow means uh, to pray for courage, to pray for heart, a love for people, to pray for opportunities, and then to pray for words to say. And so we say, Lord, please give me that courage, heart, opportunities, and words to say, even in this whole new online environment. And so uh, part of what we were going to even be doing today on this Sunday was to have John Burns, the president of Greater Europe Mission, here to speak in person with us. Um, but that couldn't happen. And so we have uh, just some other ways that we're all doing via Zoom for you to hear from him. As we hear from him and then as we hear from uh, Pastor Matt Doan, you can also go to calvarylife.org live for notes, outlines, just additional resources throughout the day. So I encourage you to check that out um, uh, as we do all of that. But uh, let's pray that 1002 prayer now and then we'll be able to hear from John Burns. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for, uh, again, this opportunity to worship together in this beautiful new way. Lord, I pray right now that you would send us as workers into the harvest. You say that the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. So, Lord, send us. Lord, send people to the neighborhoods. Send people to the nations. Lord, as we even hear from John Burns, send people to Europe where there's such a great need for the gospel. We love you, Lord. And I pray that you'd speak to us through John, through Matt in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is great to have John Burns, president of Greater Europe Mission, here with us. John, you're actually supposed to be preaching at Calvary Church today in person, but obviously we're in this whole new world. How are you doing? How's <laughs> the mission of Jem doing in the middle of the coronavirus season? Yeah, we're doing okay. Uh, Sandra and I travel a lot, so it's a very different time for us, really. And we would have loved to have been with you this weekend. Absolutely loved it. So we've been um, kind of driving around and meetings got cancelled and preaches got cancelled and so we've actually just found a place to stay. It, it's really difficult. I'm looking out at the mountain at Breckenridge. And um, normally that would be like the best thing in the world because you can go and ski it, but it's closed. But because it's closed, my friend's apartment's available. So we've got somewhere to live for a couple of weeks. But the mission is all, you know, we're all adjusting, aren't we? It's crazy days. We're all adjusting to the new norm for however long it lasts. 
And, you know, Jim had been in this kind of uh, place where we were growing. Uh, we were sending more and more people all the time and and uh, getting more sent out for some of projects. And of course, that's all on hold. What isn't in hold, on hold, though, is our mission. So, you know, we're still called to reach Europe and multiply disciples and grow Christ church. And obviously, as things change, we have to adjust the way we do that. I heard a great story from one of our girls in Rome, literally the day before the shutdown in Rome. She's only been a missionary there several months. And she went to a language class, as they all do in the first couple of years of mission. And she was the only person that attended because everyone knew the shutdown was coming. And so she got to sit and talk to her tutor, who actually had opened up about uh, lapsed faith to her before, but said she hadn't got a Bible. So Crystal was able to give her a Bible and then have a really good couple of hours with them all by themselves. And then she's now been able to kind of keep in touch with her online. I had another friend recently who just put out a quick email and said, um, who wants a Bible study? 53 women signed up in 24 hours and quite a lot of them aren't even Christians. So it's, it's an amazing opportunity this time provides for us to think differently. I know your church is having to think differently about what church looks like. Same for every church in Europe. And uh, I suppose one of the advantages Europe's had, perhaps over America for a few years, is we've been less Sunday-focused, I think, as the church in Europe, much more pushing into community life, much more into small groups through the week. And so this, this enables that, this time enables that just in an online presence. We have a, a guy called Nathan in Czech, and he's been multiplying small groups of people he's been discipling. And they're now up to, in four years, are up to a fifth generation of plants. And, and they, all these people are being disciples and are making disciples. So for them, it's business as usual. They're just doing it online. So that's, yeah. that's where we're at. We're encouraging our people. We've still got the mission to do. We might not be doing it physically, but there's more time than ever to do it well. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And, you know, we've loved being able to begin to be a greater partner with GEM, Greater Europe Mission, and uh, excited about that. And one of the things that we've really loved as a church is watching the way that GEM has responded to what many have called the refugee crisis. And as you saw, this influx of refugees over the years, and we've talked about this at Calvary, but you have really referred to that as this refugee opportunity. It's an opportunity for the gospel versus a crisis. And so it kind of just got me thinking about this moment with the mm. coronavirus and it is a crisis. It really is a crisis, yeah. but how can we begin to maybe shift our mindset both for you and the mission in Europe, but maybe just for the everyday person in their neighborhood to flip this to an opportunity versus a crisis? Well, three thoughts, if I'm allowed. Um, Absolutely. The first one is um, the whole idea of interruption and you know, Jem was interrupted, as a lot of people were in September 2015, with the immigration crisis, the refugee crisis, out of, particularly out of Syria. And we quickly decided to allow the Lord to interrupt us rather than fight it and go, this is terrible, this is terrible, which it is terrible. Go, okay, this is, a, this is an opportunity. We can be interrupted and we can choose to see this crisis as an opportunity. Now, let's be honest, that's tough for us all, right? Because... Choosing faith when we're worrying is tough. And, you know, there'll be people in your congregation listening to this today who are worried about their own health or health of their loved ones, worried about their job and where the economy's heading. And, and it's all very genuine, serious stuff that, of course, causes concern. And yet somehow, can we, as 
people that follow the Prince of Peace kind of grab some of his peace and hold on to him and actually choose faith at the moment like this. A bit more than that even. You know, we have an opportunity right now while we're at home to push into our own personal transformation more than ever. We're saying this to our missionaries, you know, we're always looking at their spiritual care. What an opportunity you've got. I've been there. I think I've been to 12 prayer meetings in five days online or something crazy, right? I've never been so prayed up in my life. So we have this opportunity to push into personal transformation. And I think as we do that, the Lord leads us to be involved in the transformation of others. And so, you know, we look at the here and now of this situation, whether it's in Europe or in California, we're getting interrupted. It is a crisis. Can we choose to see it as an opportunity can we invest in our own personal transformation and can we use that to find new ways to overflow into the transformation of others? So that's my first thought. My second thought is the whole scattering thing. You know, we, we're not all gathered, we're all scattered. And usually scattering leads to multiplication. And we know a church isn't a building, right? You know, um, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, not the building that we've all built. Right. And I, I sent you earlier that little image of, Charlie Mackesy, an artist in London, has just done this really simple sketch of a big building and then a little person next to it and an arrow temple to the person. And I think we have to remember that, you know, our building may be closed, but the temple isn't closed. Yeah, amen. And um, so, you know, it's not a gathering of people to be filled and blessed. Church is about uh, everybody getting equipped. We're all the priests, right? We believe in the priests of all believers and we all need to be equipped to reach our communities. Now, missionaries, I guess, people in Europe that work with Greater Europe Mission, they've kind of worked that out. They've been, they know the sent ones because they've been sent. You know, your church has sent some people that we adore. But even they suddenly get the context changed on them and they have to look into their minds and go, okay, what opportunity here is there to be sent again in a new way? So, yeah, our message isn't going to change, but our methods are going to have to and the medium might have to. So there's the scattering could lead to multiplication thing. And then the third thing, just to come back on that refuge um, project, I know you guys as a church are so committed to it, and I know you had a team we're going to be going soon. But can I ask you to pray really specifically? Just yesterday, three cases of COVID-19 broke out on Lesbos Island. And, you know, the idea of social distancing in a refugee camp that was built for 2,000 and has 20,000 in there, forget it. You know, medical facilities, ventilators, protective clothing, forget it. Mm -hmm. And so all the stuff that we're relying on and still on our knees, we've got people there that can't rely on that stuff and we need to be praying for a miracle really there. Yeah. So there would be three thoughts to share with you and your friends, Eric. Yeah, thank you so much. And we want to be praying for you. We're, we're going to pray for you today. We'll pray for you, obviously ongoing and for those folks and, and even for our our hopes and dreams for um, for Lesbos and our involvement there and, uh, and, and even our hopes and dreams for our people to reach their neighbors. And so I love that to be able to check on their own transformation, take advantage of this opportunity for some stillness before the Lord, to be praying and to be reaching out in new ways. I think that this whole thing's about new ways and so excited to yeah. be able to, to use them to care for people. This is the sort of moment that we are called to, to meet a great need, right? Yeah. So preach it, brother. You got it. All right. <laughs> thanks, John. Uh, uh, we'll, we're praying Thank for you. you. Thanks for sharing. Sorry I wasn't with you. I know. It's okay. We'll, we'll do it another time. All right. See you soon. Yeah. 
Great words from John and Eric. In fact, let's pray right now, even as John asked us to. Let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we, we do thank you for this moment, this opportunity, even for personal transformation where God, you can speak to us and minister to us and, and grow us in ways that we've longed for and, and could have only imagined. But God, as you've slowed us down, God, use this season to draw us into deeper relationship with you, uh, to grow our faith. And God, we just even claim the words that even John reminded us of, that God, the, the buildings might be closed. Our, our church here at Calvary might be closed this morning, but your temple, uh, our te- the temple that resides in us, Lord, is alive and open. And so God, use us on mission for you in this moment. And God, our hearts and minds think of the underdeveloped world right now. Lord, places in, in places like Kenya and Lesbos, Greece, that God, as this outbreak becomes more serious, Lord, they don't have the resources that we have in a developed nation like America. God, would you be merciful to our world in this season? God, be merciful to our brothers and sisters around the world who are ministering during this season. We pray this in the wonderful and the, the loving name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you have your Bible next to you or if you need to take a moment and get up and run to the next room and grab your Bible, I want to encourage you to read this for yourself. It's Luke chapter 10 beginning in verse 25. So it's the gospel of Luke in the New Testament. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John, the four gospels. Luke here is volume one actually of the Dr. Luke uh, who wrote this book. And then he also wrote the book of Acts, which we call volume two. And so volume one is all about Jesus. And here in chapter 10 of Luke, we see the 1002 prayer that Eric prayed and referenced uh, earlier. And then as we scroll down into the chapter, we see in verse 25, this famous story of the Good Samaritan. And I want to read it for us here. So with your Bible in hand, uh, follow along with me. Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 25. It says, and a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, him being Jesus saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How does it read to you? And the lawyer, he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Verse 30 here of Luke 10 says this. Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was on the journey came upon him. And when he saw him, he felt compassion. And he came to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave him to the innkeeper and said, 
Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. And then Jesus looked at the lawyer and people gathered and said, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And the lawyer had no other response than to say, the one who showed mercy to him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. In this COVID-19 world, I just want to remind us as a church, as a family, that God deeply loves the nations. God deeply loves our neighborhoods and our neighbors. And God deeply loves you and I. You see this painting. This is by our own Kevin Davidson, uh, one of our members here at Calvary. He is an incredible artist. And this is my favorite uh, work that he has done. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. And this is us, right? In this broken world, we are bloody and dirtied and, and cast off because of sin. And we have no way to, to help ourselves up. Our, our self-reliance won't get us anywhere. We're, we're stuck in this ditch, so to speak. And then God, out of his great love for us, enters into our world. He is the ultimate good Samaritan. Jesus coming into our world to wash us clean from our sins, to pick us up out of our brokenness and restore us and make us new. And this is the story of God. This is how he demonstrates his great love for us by coming into our infected world. Now it wasn't infected with the coronavirus in the first century, but it was infected through, because of every generation because of sin. And God, out of his great love, willingly entered into our infected world and lived among us and suffered with us. And ultimately, Jesus died in our place. The good Samaritan rescuing his beloved, which is every single one of the seven billion people are not beyond the rescue of this loving God. And so this is our story. This is us. This is Jesus. And then sometimes, at least I feel like I'm just the donkey on the side, like super confused, not sure what's going on, wandering around. But this is the great story that I want to remind us of today. Last Sunday, we talked about Psalm 23 and the idea that even in the valleys, God's presence is with us. I just want to remind us again that during this season, there's one thing we can be certain about. In this world of uncertainty, we can be certain that God deeply loves us. Which means, because of God's love, we can have assurance even when we're anxious. Because of God's love, we can have peace during this pandemic. Because of God's love, we can have security even as all of us self-isolate. This is the truth that I want to remind us of here today. This is the truth that the nations and the neighborhoods of our world desperately need to hear in this season. Now, in the story of Luke 10 and this Good Samaritan, there's three key questions that I see. The first one is this, what must I do to inherit eternal life? The lawyer asked this question of Jesus and Jesus turns, that, turns it back on the lawyer and he says, well, what's, what's the law say? 
And the lawyer, being a, a good law keeper and knowing the word, says, well, it says in Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19 that uh, in order to have eternal life or to follow the law, I should say, we're to love the Lord your God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And then Jesus responds and he says, well, then go do it. But then Jesus raises the bar of what it looks like to love God and to love our neighbor. And he puts this hero in the story. It's a Samaritan. Now, many of you probably heard this before, but Samaritans and Jews hated each other. And this went back 700 years, seven centuries when the Assyrians conquered Jerusalem and they brought in Gentiles and the Jews and the Gentiles intermarried and created this Samaritan race. And, and so these Samaritans were looked on as the Jews as a reminder of when they were conquered and captured and at the lowest point in their covenantal history. And so they hated the Samaritans and the Samaritans returned the favor. And then here's Jesus making the Samaritan the hero of the story. And what I believe he's doing is he's showing the lawyer and those that were gathered around him as they asked this question, what must we do to inherit eternal life? Well, we'll keep the law and keep it perfectly. And the lawyer goes, well, I, can, I think I can do that. And then when the hero is the Samaritan, I'm sure the lawyer just threw up his hands and said, oh, I could never love a Samaritan perfectly. And I think that's the whole point. It's God saying that none of us can keep the law perfectly. We all fall short of the holiness, the perfect standard of God. We're all stuck in our sin and we desperately need rescuing. But the good news is there's one who has fulfilled the law perfectly, who came into our world, who lived perfectly was without sin and that's Jesus right maybe you've just stumbled upon this live stream maybe you saw one of your friends watching it on Facebook and you said I have nothing to do I'm just going to see what these guys are doing or maybe you search for something on YouTube and somehow you're watching us right now but you aren't a follower of Jesus I don't believe there's any accidents here today let today be the day that you acknowledge that you're stuck in your sin that there's no way out that you need a rescuer and that the ultimate good Samaritan, Jesus, has come into this world to free you from sin. Let today be the day that you place your faith in Jesus and you accept the deep, deep love of God. How do you inherit eternal life? It's by placing your faith in Jesus. And then the next question is, well, who is my neighbor? And really it's simple. Our neighbor is whoever God places in front of us. There's been some amazing stories that I've heard over the last week of, of people in our church who have just seen the person in front of them and responded in love. One is my friend Nancy who goes here to Calvary and she was on an isolated walk and one of her neighbors called out to her and said, Nancy, I need a favor. Can I borrow some money? I, I need to get some diapers and wipes for my grandchild. And Nancy went back into her home and gladly gave some money to her neighbor. But then she took it a step further and she went back on her laptop and ordered Amazon supplies, an entire box of diapers and wipes for her neighbor. Or my friend Lori, who is using her skills to, to make masks this week for, for people who are vulnerable. Really, who is our neighbor? It's anyone that God places in front of us. And then the, question, the third question is this. Jesus asked it of the lawyer in verse 36. 
So which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor? In other words, how do you be a good neighbor? Well, it's looking beyond yourself. The priest and the Levite, their question when they passed uh, the broken man was, what will happen to me if I stop? The good Samaritan had a completely different mindset. His thought was, what will happen to him if I don't stop? And that's God in his love entering in our world saying, I must enter in to rescue them. And then this last verse, verse 37 says, go and do the same. So we are called as we receive the incredible, deep, amazing, profound love of God. We are called to then go communicate that love to our world and to our neighbors. And that's what our missionaries are doing right now. They're on mission in this coronavirus world to communicate and to demonstrate the incredible love of God. That's our mission right now to go and do the same. Now go might look a little different right now, right? Than even it did six months ago or even how it's hopefully gonna look six months from now. Go might mean simply having compassion and love for the people who are watching this live stream with you. If you have a sibling in your home right now, one of the best ways that you can be a loving neighbor is simply laying down your rights and serving your sibling. Serving those that live with you, whether it's your spouse or your roommate. This is an opportunity for us in humility and dependence on the Holy Spirit to love those that we're isolated with right now. Go and do the same. There's a couple other ways. Some ideas we have of to go and do the same. One is we want to encourage you during the season, as Eric mentioned, to share this idea of a live stream that anyone can watch it from the safety and comfort of their own home and their own devices. And so as we near Easter, spread the word that we want people to be watching this live stream. Not so they just see Calvary or a bunch of us pastors up here. So they hear the message of Jesus. Go and do the same. We encourage you to download uh, on our website our serve the neighbors, our serve our neighbor PDF flyer. And this simply is a little tool that you can use to pass out to your neighbors, to leave it at their doorstep is saying, hey, I'm here to help you if you have a need or I want to pray for you if you have a need. And speaking of prayer, I think that's the best thing we can do right now is simply go before the Father and pray for our world and our neighbors and each other. This Tuesday as a church from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., we are designating this time to be a day of prayer. And we're inviting you to sign up for a 15-minute time slot where you can privately just pray for our world, pray for our neighbors, pray for yourself and those that are around you. There's also going to be times during that day where we're going to live stream with our staff to lead some guided prayers because this is a time for us to be on our knees and to be lifting our requests up to the Lord. So go and do the same. It's also, as Eric mentioned, this opportunity for us to give financially to the needs of our missionaries and our church, to join our volunteer task force, even to drop off food, our Orange County Rescue Mission off of Red Hill by the Hainers and the district is in need of items this week. Go and do the same. And then one more. This is an opportunity for you 
to reach out to someone that you need to ask forgiveness to. Maybe there's someone in your life that the best way you can communicate the love of God is to acknowledge that you've hurt them and you wanna seek their forgiveness. Let's not waste this opportunity, church, to be on mission for Jesus Christ, to simply respond to the deep and great love that God has for us by going and doing the same. The church building may be closed, but the temple is open. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this unique moment in our history where we can demonstrate your great love uh, to this world. So use us, God. We humbly say, use us however you want. In the name of Christ, amen.